friend he of the show, Matt Damon. Giant, he also has a giant fake nose. We didn't mention that. It's, it's true. And he can't drink out of a wine glass. Oh, Matt Damon takes an entire champagne flute in his mouth, just like, whoop. Matt. Don't shift your weight. Don't stare. And for God's sake, whatever you do. Hello and welcome to March Bradness. I'm Hannah. I'm Sarah. And this is the world's only March Madness style Brad Pitt themed podcast where we pit every one of Brad Pitt's movies against one another in a quest to find the ultimate Brad. Just so you guys know that this is not a spoiler free podcast. Uh, we're going to talk about the whole movie, each and every little bit of it that Brad Pitt is in. Uh, so if you don't want to be spoiled for Johnny Suede that came out in 1991 or Ocean's 13 that came out when Ocean's 13 came out, uh, turn off this podcast and go watch the movies. Uh, video stores don't exist anymore, but I'm sure you can find them. You're a resourceful person. You found this podcast. This week, we're pitting Johnny Suede against Ocean's 13. The other one. <laughs> the third one. The third and final question mark Oceans. No, they're making a new girl. Yeah, Oceans. The girl Oceans 8. Is Brad going to be in Oceans 8? Oh man, I fucking hope so. But Me probably too. not cuz he's not a girl. Well, good. Get him out of there. Yeah, get girl power. We are here with friend of the show, Caitlin Davidson. First in her field of Oceans knowledge. Not Oceans like the seas. But oceans like oceans 11, 12, and 13. Uh, Caitlin, you want to introduce yourself? I'm Caitlin. I do know a lot about the oceans films. When other people's parents were making them watch children's films, my parents were like, we have to watch Lord of the Rings and all of the oceans movies all the time. Wow. I think I've seen each individual oceans movie at least 200 times each. There, there's a point where I could just like say them. It's a little Shit. embarrassing. These movies. I'm not biased, though. <laughs> no bias coming at this with a clear perspective. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know if I, if it's possible to be not biased against something you've seen 200. Like, you know, like I've seen so many yeah. Brad Pitt movies now that I started this project as like a neutral, neutral on Brad. And now I'm very like, I will defend Brad Pitt to the grave in terms of his acting chops. So... I understand and accept your your bias towards the Oceans films. <laughs> That's a lot of times. That's like probably more times than I've seen like my beloved childhood films. I, they're just so good. It makes sense now that Everyone's you in them. <laughs> <laughs> Twelve to thirteen. 11, 11, to 11 to 13 people. Oh. It makes sense mm-hmm. now why you seem to understand what was going on a lot better than anyone <laughs> else in the room. There's, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of plot. They always have those scenes in the Oceans movies where it's edited so that like multiple things are happening at once and you have to like see every box. You have to rewatch. We just watched Oceans 13, which is the third Oceans movie. It is very good. Uh, we're back with the crew, back with the gang, back with the boys. They're going to pull a a third heist. This time it's personal. It's not for love. It's not for money. It's for revenge. Which is the best reason to steal, I think. Even better than love? Yeah. So Ruben has a a conniption because he's been cheated out of of his stakes in a new hotel. Which one's Ruben? He's the one with the giant-ass glasses. The old man. The one that has, okay, okay. Wearing like the silk freaking robes. Yeah. Silk robes, Justin Bieber glasses. He is just 
He's bedridden. Something happened. Yeah, he has like a heart attack. Okay. He has a heart attack because Willie Banks, proto-Donald Trump, threatens to push him off a roof if he doesn't sign over his portion of the hotel they were supposed to be partners on. Okay. Um, And so the doctor at the very start of the movie tells the gang, the boys, the crew, he just needs something to live for. Usually it's family, but he doesn't have any family. And they're like, friends... He's like, friends, I got 12 of those. Yeah. So they were band together to just really fuck over this proto-Donald Trump out of a shit ton of money. And then they do it. That's really all you gotta know. Yeah. Also, Ruben does get better. Just for anyone who was scared that he would die. He pulls through. Thanks to the power of friendship and revenge. Yeah. Brad is back. Brad and Clunes. Brad and Daddy Clunes. Daddy Clunes. And for anyone wondering, 12 was Tess... You know, the original 11, plus Tess. This one, they subtract Tess, and I think the added two are supposed to be Eddie Izzard and Benedict. I think yeah. that's supposed to bring us to yeah, 13. Yeah, that makes there sense. there is a gang now. That makes yeah. sense. It wasn't just arbitrarily numbering. They're serious. They would have made an Ocean's 11, too. Ocean's 11, Ocean's 12, Ocean's 11, too. <laughs> They're not doing this for a paycheck. It's, no. It's fun. It's for fun. Yeah, I thought that was a really interesting point that you made. Group hang. Everyone just sort of does these movies there's like three years between each one because everyone's busy with their own shit and then they're like let's have a party so brad is back as rusty uh still has his hand tattoo still has his ring that jennifer aniston gave him even though they are divorced right now whoa i did not notice that yeah he's still wearing that ring he's his commitment to the character of rusty overpowers his commitment to jennifer aniston Yikes. Yeah. Good detail. And he's, I mean, like, he's the same, same guy. He is consistent. Yeah. That is very consistent with Rusty. He does not snack as much in this film. Not as much. It was still present. Mm-hmm. He mm-hmm. had less screen time overall. Mm-hmm. Uh, I saw him drinking a coffee a couple times. He was munching he, on uh, something. He ate, him and George ate when Eddie Izzard was just pacing around the room. He didn't get to eat, but George Clooney and Brad Pitt ate. Okay. Nice. Power move. Oh, and uh, the scene where they all eat. Definitely. And he was like eating like dumplings and stuff. Mm -hmm. And he gets a phone call and he's like, what? And he has a dumpling in his mouth. That's right. There's a scene where Matt Damon, friend of the show Matt Damon, is like, oh, the lady who's in charge of the hotel. They have to steal some diamonds for Benedict uh, as a favor so that Benedict fronts him some money. And there's a woman who's partially in charge of the hotel. And Matt Damon's like, she's a cougar. I read about that in Maxim magazine. I'm going to seduce her. And they're like, um, we should send in Rusty. And he goes, no. So we don't get to see Brad Pitt seduce anyone. Unfortunately, we did get to see Brad make a little face when he said that. He's kind of like, all right, go ahead. Okay. (laughs) Whatever. I really appreciated that even when Brad was in the background, you could see him making little Mm -hmm. expressions and very tuned in to the group, very much a part of the group. He, He never fades into the background. Yeah. He's in the background, but he's there. Yeah. I think my favorite part continues to be his chemistry with George Clooney. Caitlin, here's a question that we bring up on every Oceans podcast, whether or not it makes it to air. Do you think that Brad Pitt and George Clooney have hooked up? Maybe like one time in the 90s when they were doing a lot of drugs. But I think since then, it just like strengthened their friendship and they're just bros. Seems about right. Yeah. There's like, there's a little something there. They both know that they were like, if you were into it. Yeah. There's a mutual bro understanding. Yeah. Yeah. It's a beautiful thing. 
And that really shows in these Oceans films. Definitely. Also, the Oprah scene in this film <gasps> oh. is actually one of my favorite Brad Pitt scenes of, like, any film. Yeah. Like, just ever. I just really like Brad Pitt in the Oprah scene. Would you care to describe it? Um, so, Brad Pitt knocks on the door of George Clooney's hotel room. And George Clooney answers it, and he's all, like, tearing up and clearly trying to pretend that he's not crying, even though we all know that he is. Uh, And he's making all these excuses. He's like, I just bit into a pepper. And he's like, oh, you know, like, I just got something in my eye. And then uh, Brad Pitt walks into the room and notices that Oprah is on the television. Are you watching Oprah? With a bottle of wine? Did you TiVo this? I was reading the paper. With the sound at full volume? Uh, So then they both kind of stand there for a minute, and they're both just kind of get distracted and actually start watching Oprah. And the audience, we get to see Oprah so kindly (laughs) grace the Oceans movies with her, at the time, very large presence. So they're just watching it, and Oprah's, like, doing her thing and giving a lady and her, like, 12 children a house and, like, new beds and all this crap. And, uh... George Clooney is just trying not to cry still and being like, like, it's not just about the kids and things like that. And Brad Pitt finally is just like, Are they really going to build her a new home? Yeah, for the whole family. Brad just does like a sniffle and then it cuts to the next scene. But he does the greatest sniffle. Just a little, very honest. Like he's not, he's not going to just start weeping like George Clooney over here for attention. He wants you to know that he really feels this family's pain on Oprah (laughs) as the character Rusty Ryan. (laughs) It's beautiful. It's really good. (laughs) Just two men watching Oprah. It's a really good scene. Sharing a moment in a hotel room. You know, they did another one of those in in 12. I can't remember what they were doing. They were were watching TV together. Chick flick or something. Yeah. I I really like the scenes of Brad and the clones palling around. Mm -hmm. Makes me feel good. It's really cute. They're very snappy. Like, I don't think I've ever seen dialogue that feels as naturalistic as it does Mm -hmm. when they're talking. You can definitely hear that they, like, are all friends. This is just them hanging out. Like, when Brad talks about the pancakes on the floor or whatever. Yeah. That was good. What do I look like? A pancake eater? (laughs) Yes, Brad, you do. (laughs) You look exactly like a pancake eater. I've seen a couple of them. And you're one of them. Mm-hmm. You're one of them, Brad. What do you think Brad's favorite pancake <gasps> Blueberry. Is? Blueberry? I was going to say blueberry. Nice. Right? Yeah. He, seems nice. Like, he seems like he wants that fruit. In an accident. Like, yeah. I'm not trying to pretend I'm eating cake for breakfast. Yeah. Hmm. I think, and we mentioned this on the previous Oceans podcasts as well, but Brad's look in these films is always surprisingly on point. Like, everything he's wearing is objectively not great. It's like lots of these oversized silk shirts and like high-waisted, like, it's what are you doing, golf inspired. pants? Yeah, these <laughs> 70s inspired. It's a look. It's a look. Mm-hmm. But he like works it. Mm-hmm. I am impressed. And in this one, he has way more hair than he had in the past two Oceans movies, and it looks good on him. More hair. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, more longer hair on the top or of his like, yeah. strengthened. <laughs> Both. Both. He wasn't rocking the buzz. Oh, you're right. I think I just forgot that he had his hair so short previously. These movies, these movies are so wide. They're just fun. I love them. They're, they're so good. Um, I will say though that this one was really kind of lacking in Brad for me. It was low on the Brad content. Mm -hmm. It was, it was, it was a minor Brad. I think, whereas the other two really showed us that he 
plays well in an ensemble and like it shows that he can be a team player but still be worth featuring Mm -hmm. but this one he was just a team player and I was a little bit disappointed do you think that he maybe thought I just am assuming that Brad and George are like very much involved in the production of these movies do you think that he saw that like they had already made two of them and some members of the cast Maybe not to name names, but, like, their careers still weren't taking off. And he was like, I'm going to step back and give everyone some more screen time. That's I'm cute. doing okay. That's charitable of I, him. I, I was so. I was just wondering if he was, like, busy, you know? Like, if he had something oh, else going yeah. on. And he might have. Because he was kind Maybe. of in the background. There was a lot of, like, you know, calling out from a doorway, like, hey, guys. Hey, so- so maybe he pulled a Matt Damon and was like, Steven Soderbergh, can you make me a little small? Maybe. And Steven Soderbergh did not laugh in his face. He was like, you know, Brad, I like you. He's very charming. We, we all saw Matt Damon in these movies. I don't know really what else there is to say. I feel like we covered all of, of Brad in, in Ocean 1-3. So. Ocean's 13. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. excellent. I think... Um, yeah, I think, that's, I think that's good. Caitlin, thank you for your... Uh, just everything. Thanks. Your existence. <laughs> your, your knowledge of the ocean. Uh, well, where can people find you on the internet? My username on everything is the casebook. One word. The casebook. Nice. That's it. Nice. <laughs> Excellent. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Oh. Thank you for having me. Oh, my gosh. No problem at all. You're always welcome. There are a lot of oceans to talk about. There sure the are. The ocean will separate us. <laughs> Only the Pacific Atlantic and the Arctic, though. That's all we can talk about. <laughs> oceans 3. Start a fight club, Brad Reputation. Now that Caitlin's gone, we can talk about gossip. Oh boy. Oh man, okay. Okay, Google. What's Brad Pitt doing right now? Here are some results from the web. Hmm, inside Brad Pitt's new life after Angelina Jolie. Oh, oh that's didn't, later. Didn't he apologize? Oh, he did. To Jennifer Aniston? Yeah, he um recently, like the other day. I guess, apologized to Jennifer Aniston for cheating on her with Angie like 12 years ago. He should. Uh, I guess it was like super emotional and sources say Jennifer Aniston cried. And it's like, uh, I'm like, good for him. That's good. And I think, was it you or Anne that made the comment that like, it was you. uh, Like, is he take, is this a part of a step? Is this a program? Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's uh, making amends, mm-hmm. and he apologized for like that, like he was smoking too much weed during yeah, the marriage. Yeah, being an absent husband. Mm-hmm. Ugh, that would have been so hard for Jen. Yeah, yeah. Ugh. First of all, how could you cheat? We've said this before, but how could you cheat on America's sweetheart, Jennifer Aniston? I don't know. I have been saying, even <laughs> if it is Angelina Jolie, like at least do Jen the decency of saying, hey, Jen. Yeah. Like, I need to have a conversation with you. Yeah. You know, like, she's I've decided so nice. to go dark side. Like, you know, he, like, he, like, it was like he'd wanted, like, a different flavor of ice cream, and <laughs> he wanted to go for the for the dark fairy, the Jadora Neopet. He'd been dating the air fairy, <laughs> and he wanted to go for the, the dark purple one. <laughs> I know what you're talking about. Which is understandable, but, like, you got to do it right, you know? Like, you can't have both fairies at once. If you get a fountain fairy quest, you have to deal with that. (laughs) I'm sorry. This is not. Sarah is, uh, Sarah and I met on Neopets. (laughs) I'm from the internet. Uh, yeah, no, it's, 
It's good on, good on him. I'm yeah. proud of him. Once again, like, he seems to be taking some good and legit steps. Yeah. And I believe that although he's made mistakes, not to, like, defend, don't cheat. Yeah. No, I'm not saying, no, it's not, don't cheat on people, don't be a douchebag. But, like, if you do do that, like, own up to it. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm proud of him. Yeah. That's a big step. Yeah. I love my beautiful boy, Brad. <sighs> he's doing so well. He's trying so hard to, like fix his life up you yeah. know it's really admirable it really is and like i'm number one man hater out here like you guys probably are getting the wrong impression of me because i'm like oh brad 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 but like normally i'm just like yo that dude sucks <laughs> but brad pitt i'm like wow he's perfect perfect men don't exist false brad pitt right there uh, and i'm not even the boy lover Mm-mm. i hope that um jennifer like took solace in this situation i think she must have you know i feel like they're gonna be able to move forward in their relationship and maybe become friends again yeah i'm a firm believer that like if you end up married to someone there must have been something there right and you should be able to be friends again right you know i mean that doesn't always work hmm. out but it would be be nice yeah it's my fantasy interesting that and Shaq picking me up and- <laughs> cracking my back divorced people being friends again Shaq cracking all of the bones in my back it's pretty good i guess lifting me up so i can go (laughs) what sound will you make when Shaq picks you up (laughs) (laughs) like justin you know that sounds like a pretty smart thing for brad to do yeah i think it's pretty smart i think it seems like a real stand-up guy thing to do unlike everything he does in johnny sway Unlike Johnny Swade. Uh, Johnny Swade would never apologize to his ex-wife. No, not even once. He wouldn't even get to the ex-wife stage because nobody would ever marry Johnny Swade. Uh, Let's talk about him. mm -hmm. So, Johnny Swade came out in 1991, and David Lynch did not direct it. (laughs) That sure seems like it. But he could have. So Johnny Swade was directed by Tom DeSillo, who is friends, I think, think with Jim Jarmusch. He was the cinematographer for Coffee and Cigarettes. And boy, howdy, does that show. This is a strange, it's a strange movie. Bizarre film. Well, it stars Brad Pitt. This was one of his first like starring roles. First, that wasn't shelved for being quote unquote unwatchable. <laughs> Go Brad. Um, <laughs> it's side a- of the sun. <laughs> he stars in it. It's a movie about a man trying to find his shoes. Shoes here being a, a, a loose metaphor for purpose. For his shit together. Who knows really what he's trying to do. This is a man who failed to launch. <laughs> and he's got really, really tall hair. He's going for like an Elvis vibe. It's set in the 80s, New York. Back when it was nice and murdery. Very murdery. He finds a nice pair of suede shoes, and it's really all he's got going for him. He lives in, like, a total shithole apartment. He plays guitar. He's, like, trying to start a band, but he really fails to follow through on anything. He's always late on the rent, but he, like, finds these really nice shoes. And they really pull together his, like, James Dean outfit. Yeah, yeah they look like that Gucci collection from a couple seasons back, where they had those really nice Gucci? suede... <laughs> They they had those really nice shoes, and then they had just, like, had fur coming out of them, which I'm like, all right, you do you. They look kind of like that, but without the fur and the snakes, but plus little weird diamonds. Boots with the fur? Boots with the fur. Anyway, Brad finds these shoes, and he loves them. He's like, this is really going to turn my life around. And he dates a series of women who keep dumping him. His life is in the toilet. Uh, he has a series of fever dreams featuring a gun, an iguana, 
windows keep shattering around him. It's a very bizarre, surreal, just kind of like following him around in his loser life. Yeah. As he completes a series of loser tasks and <laughs> fails at them. Yeah. Uh, Nick Cave of Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds is in this film as like this very tall, very blonde mystery man. Musician who shows up and gives Brad a, a bag of McDonald's chicken. Yeah. That ends up like poisoning Brad. <laughs> I feel like he was playing sort of the part that Tom Waits would usually play in movies of this genre. Brad, like surprisingly, played well off of Nick Cave and I like to think that they are still friends. This is a good scene. Yeah. Very it was, strange. It was just kind of like a series of scenes that were put together. Mm-hmm. Little vignettes, I yeah. guess. Lots it's- of weird symbolism that kept coming through, like this iguana, uh, like the hands the hands it felt like kind of a monkey's paw situation was going to happen because like he finds the shoes he takes the shoes and then things start getting kind of weird for him yeah and then he finds this mannequin hand on the street and he picks it up and is like basically shaking this disembodied hand and then takes it home and puts it on his windowsill yeah i feel like none of it it never really came together yeah it never i kept thinking like clearly these shoes are cursed because they fall from the sky in a hat box and he's like wow the perfect shoes yeah it's like holes and then um his first girlfriend's mom who runs a record company is like i just want to try on your shoes and i'm like oh it's a curse but then it just turns out that she's like a creepo yeah. And it's like creeping on him. Yeah, it's like, what are the shoes, the symbolism for getting your shit together? But then he never gets his shit together. He and does then lose a shoe. He loses his shoe at the end of the movie. Just one shoe. And there's like this voiceover that's like, some people say he found it. Other people say that it left him forever. Yeah, like, did he ever find what he was looking for? It's interesting. So this movie was, it debuted at a festival. That's a name I can't remember. It was a Swiss festival in 90. 90- or 91. Somebody from Miramax called Harvey Weinstein after seeing it and was like, you have to buy the distribution rights for this movie. Brad Pitt is going to be a movie star, which was like unprecedented at the time to like buy movies that you hadn't seen for distribution. Just like logically, why would I buy the distribution rights for a movie I haven't seen? It could fucking suck. I don't trust my friends that much. I do. I trust Sarah. If Sarah was like, Hannah, buy this movie. Thank you. It's gonna, it has a bona fide star. I'd be like, all right. Oh my God, thank you. I would trust you too. Thanks. Yeah. So there is definitely something to it outside of that weird European film festival vibe. Like there's something tangible there. Brad is doing something that keeps bringing me in. He's doing a great job playing that character. And I think he really understands what the movie is going for. Yeah. Where... I really believe that Johnny Swade is completely unaware of everything that's happening yeah. around him and yeah. completely not like conscious of yeah. himself and how he's coming across. But like there's there's no sense of like, but I'm the movie star behind it, right yeah. guys? Yeah, there's like, no oh, but this is about me. Yeah. I'm the star of this movie. Yeah. It felt like watching like every mediocre white man ever. Like he has this one friend whose name I can't remember, Skip or something, uh-huh. who keeps hooking him up with like painting jobs and stuff and they're in the band together and they're like that classic thing between like someone who's like only living off of his dream you know he's like i'm going to be a famous musician and his friend is like sure but also i need to eat so i'm gonna paint things well yeah we do that yeah this movie is not sympathetic towards johnny suede aka brad like whatsoever yeah which is refreshing. It was really nice to see. He had no sense of humor. People would try to joke with him and he would get offended. He'd be like, what? What do you mean? You should be mean. What? A very, very dumb, dumb man. Yeah, like a fucking idiot. And just like selfish in that way that like 
white dudes are selfish. Yeah, selfish, super into himself. No offense to white dudes. Some of my best friends are white dudes, but also, like, come on, guys. Pick it up. I think you said that you could throw a stone and hit, like, eight Johnny Swades. Yeah, you could. You could just throw a rock, and any any guy you hit is going to be like... Absolutely, anyone you meet in college is yeah. very self-important, but very dumb. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Very, very like, just like so. Like, how's my hair looking? Yeah. Ooh, mm-hmm. I'm gonna be famous. I love to. Play. I have unique interests because I have a single picture of Elvis taped to my wall. Nobody understands me. Oh God, he sucked. It was just so real. Yeah. It was so. He really like captured. That the fuck boy. Yeah, that 20-something. I'm just, like, living. There's a scene where his second girlfriend, Yvonne, or whatever her name mm-hmm. is, she has invited him to, to move in with her. Mm-hmm. She's like, I love you. And he goes, thanks. <laughs> or something like that. It's really he funny. makes a pros and cons list for moving into her apartment, and the pro is like, color TV, snacks. Cons were like, can't do guy stuff around her. And then, like, one of them was prison similarities and a tendency for shoe throwing. <laughs> then Brad, like, says this thing. He's like, sometimes she reaches out and she touches my ear real soft. And I, I kind of like that. And then his friend writes down ears as a pro. And then Brad's like, Look, that's not a reason for it, man. I don't know, man. I mean, the way you described it makes me want to meet a girl like that. Okay. See that? Color mm. TV? Never watch it. Mm-mm. Are you sure? Positive. Now I just gotta find a way to break it to her. The friend is like sympathetic towards Johnny Swade a little bit, but also like, like totally, totally sees his shit. Yeah. That's the great thing about this movie is it just keeps on punishing Johnny. Like everybody around him leaves. He can't keep a girlfriend. His yeah. friends eventually ditch him. Everybody's just like, fuck you. And he keeps having these fever dreams where people are coming back to him and, like, you know, the women are, like, taking care of him. Yeah. And you keep thinking, like, oh, no, really? And then he waits. In this hangover one, two, and three era of our lives of film, we are really into this man-child thing. Yes. You know? I yes. feel like if this movie was made now, we would be like, oh, Johnny Swade, isn't it lovely? Isn't it funny that he doesn't know how to have sex with women? Right. Whereas everyone in the movie is like... Okay. Yeah. There's a great scene where he's like telling his friend that he he learned some things. He learned some things about anatomy. About anatomy. And his friend was like, wait, <laughs> really? really? And Johnny's like, no, 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 no. I, I like knew. And his friend says three times, thank you for telling me that. I'm really glad you told me that. Yeah, I'm glad we had this conversation. I'm glad we had this guy. I'm just looking at him like, like Wow. And he just keeps laughing. Wow. It's so funny. And it's true. Like, if this was made now, it would be like, oh, haha, men, right? Like, we're all supposed to laugh at this joke. Like, yeah. it's cute. But this movie is, like, not putting up with his Yeah, he's shit. like, this isn't cute. This is, like, obnoxious and annoying. Yeah. It's a weird kind of indie art house film. In the way that Magic Mike is not at all what you're expecting, Johnny Swade is not yeah, at all what you're expecting. Yeah, you're expecting... I feel like when I look at the poster for Johnny Swade and when I was like, oh, Johnny Swade... Brad Pitt, 50s hair man, band. I was like, like the wedding singer, you know? (laughs) And I think that, like, even talking about this, I feel like people are going to be hearing this and being like, oh, yeah, I can picture him. He's just, like, kind of a slime, like a sleaze bucket, you know? And you're thinking, like, the Mexican or, like, all this. But it's really, I have to emphasize that he's very, very dumb. And not in the, like, 
charming way. Right. Like, I feel like Brad, when we think about dumb Brad and we think about, like, again, the Mexican or Burn After Reading, which we haven't watched, but yeah. he's classically known as a himbo in it. Yeah. Um, and just sort of, like, Brad in general, I think it's this impression of not being a very smart gentleman. Right. I think Brad is smart. Clearly. I think so. Because he works a lot. He listens to Frank Ocean. Yeah. That's a thinking man's thinking man's band. But it's it doesn't have like the goofiness or the charm not at all. that a lot of that has. There's no goofiness because there's not the self like Johnny Sway doesn't have the self-awareness to be kind of like he he like there's a there's just like a vacancy to this character that's really intentional. Yeah. It's like he's just not quite there and it's like it's kind of sad. It's kind of depressing. It's yeah. the kind of person where you're like, you're always going to be this way, and there's nothing that can be yeah, done to help you. Have, you. You have passed that that hill. Yeah, you are you are set in your ways, yeah. buddy, and you're you always going to just live in a shithole and pawn your guitars to eat soup at diners at two a.m. Yeah. So the time has come to compare these boys. It's like interesting. I think. I think there's a lot to be said for what Brad is doing with Johnny versus what we know about Rusty. Mm-hmm. And I think those are two very different elements of Bradness. Obviously, Rusty's really solid. Rusty's great. But there's just like, I don't know. I'm hung up on this Johnny character, you know? This is a good pitting. And it is interesting because we've seen three oceans at this yeah. point. This is the third ocean. Definitely disappointed that there's less of him. But at the same time, the oceans have all proven to be kind of like keystone pieces yeah like they're always really solid brads yeah but i agree johnny was really really interesting to watch yeah he was fun yeah he was fun in like a way there's like a lived inness of both of these characters but i feel like as opposed to with rusty where i feel like i've gotten the picture i don't know if i've gotten as much of johnny you know i'm gonna have to agree for this one i feel like if I hadn't seen the other oceans, mm-hmm. I wouldn't be getting that rusty. Like if I didn't already know who Rusty was, yeah. I don't know if it would have come through with yeah. just this one. Yeah, I think I think he's coasting. Yeah, in Oceans Thirteen. Yeah, and like we talked about, um, you know, we looked it up, and he'd actually been in a bunch of other movies. Like he was filming a lot of other stuff at that mm-hmm. time. He was filming the assassination of Jesse James, uh, Benjamin Button. Uh, yeah, there was a couple others. He was working on a lot of projects, and I really get the impression that he was just kind of popping on set for the sake of being in the movie. You yeah, know, like, of course I'll, I'll show up, but I, I don't. love my friends. Right, like I don't have time. Time to really dedicate like a full performance. Yeah, and I think that shows. Yeah, I think so. I wouldn't say he's phoning it in. No, not he's at all. Clearly, but it's like very much feels like he's just sort of like taking a break from his real job. Yeah, to yeah. Like it was get a quick paycheck. It wasn't a huge priority. Like yeah, like again, he did really good. Like he's always so fun in these movies, <sighs> and I hate like I hate to knock out an oceans. Um, but at the same time. Two the other same time, oceans. There's yeah, there's two other and two better there's oceans. There's two of them, and this is not his best oceans. Um yeah, no, versus Johnny, like this was a really, really cool, like a new and interesting Brad. Yeah. I think it's a testament to just sort of like how Brad is still able to tap into the everyman kind of deal. You Definitely. Know? I think we get so worked up with Brad being like this extraordinary like person, and I think we'll see when we talk about Troy and stuff too. Like we try to shoehorn him into these sort of action, like I don't know, sort of like figurehead roles. But he really thrives when he's playing just like some schmuck. Yeah, you know, he's it's he was really good. He was born to play the schmuck. Johnny Swade steals the show from the ocean's master criminals.
Um, I feel like Caitlin is going to fly back across the states to come back to Minnesota and beat us up for this decision. <laughs> oh, Caitlin, please don't. Uh, because Caitlin, you know, we're record. I've just finished editing the, uh, the ocean segment and I have to say I was shocked she was describing the Oprah scene to us uh-huh. and I was pulling clips from the movie yeah. to fit into that description, yeah. pepper it up, you know, and, uh, Word for word, like shot for shot. She had that nailed. Shot for She's, shot. She is an Oceans series savant. So I don't. And we love her. No better guest could have represented the Oceans. It's and true. Um, I hope, I think, you know, maybe we'll see her again for future Oceans pudding. For future Oceans. Because there, again, there are two more Oceans moving forward. So we're going to get real deep into Oceans. <laughs> we're going to dive deep. Let's see what else is going on. Indiegogo. Indiegogo is still going strong. We've been cleared to go watch Contact at the Oscars. Contact is not the one you're thinking of. It is a 30-minute live-action short film from 1992 starring Brad Pitt. Uh, It has not been digitized. It's only available for special viewing at the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences, which is bonkers. Uh, And we've been cleared to go see it. But that is an expensive thing to do. Again, we're so happy to do it. But it would just be really, really nice if we could get just a little bit of help. Just a smidgen. Just a smidgen. Just a little nudge. A little nudge. Onto that airplane. And you can get stuff for yourself. You can get t-shirts, tote bags, name oh. drops. I have some name drops to do right now. Oh, uh, we have share. This week, we have Sherry Baker, John Baker, Aww. and Artie Davis. Aww. Thank you so, so much from the very bottom of my heart. Ugh. And, uh... Yeah, check it out if you haven't already. You can watch a great video that we made. It's pretty good. It's like YouTube ready, I gotta say. Like, I was channeling like vloggers, you know? Mm. Uh, and the link is igg.me slash at slash marchbradness, one word. And then uh, after you've done that, Assu- if you want to. If you want to. You don't have to. Um, you can find us on marchbradness.net. You can listen online, listen on iTunes. Uh, our Twitter is marchbradness. Facebook is March Bradness. Instagram, March Bradness. No. March dot Bradness. March dot Bradness. Tune in next week for a mini episode, a movie Brad Pitt should have been in. And tune in the week after that for our next official pitting, which is Troy versus... A stoning in Fulham County. Oh, I'm so excited, guys. This is so good. It combines my two childhood passions of Greek mythology and the Amish. I'm so stoked to talk about it. I hope you know that that's the first time that sentence has ever been uttered. <laughs> In the history of the world. My childhood passions of Greek mythology and the Amish. And Brad Pitt wearing a skirt. Yeah. Oh, it's so good, guys. You are in for <laughs> Yeah. Have a fabulous day. Week, night, year. Eat some ice cream. Mm-hmm. If you're lactose intolerant, eat some gelato. Or if you're vegan. Uh, if you're vegan, drinks, uh, eat some... No, sorbet, right? Gelato has egg? Yes. Gelato is milk and eggs. Sorbet is like fruits and stuff you could do that coconut ice cream i've had some of that that stuff is super good it's lit it's so good good. it's got a really good mouth feel it's a little like i don't know it's just it's got coconut milk gives it like a nice creaminess yeah but also like a weird grittiness i've had some of them it's really nice it's like add some texture to your ice cream. yeah totally yeah all right okay Mm, bye. bye